If you are under construction and committed to living life like it matters, you have found a home. Check us out on Facebook where we post new shows every day. Facebook.com slash LIM Radio. For information on my transformational leadership training where I teach you how to live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net. And if you have a spiritual appetite, Check out my daily devotional with some wisdom from above at wayofwarrior.blog. That's wayofwarrior.blog. The time is now to live life like it matters. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am your blessed radio host, your radio life caddy, and you can call me Mr. Black. And today we're going to talk about fear. You know, fear is such a huge tool uh, in the arsenal of those against us. Uh, It is the one thing that stops us probably more than anything else. It creates doubt. Uh, It causes the body to release uh, hurtful chemicals. Uh, It causes us to shut down, to become bitter, to become angry, and maybe even to lash out. And so today we're going to talk about this thing called fear. You know, I love words. By trade, I'm an etymologist. Uh, And I get uh, from dictionary.com the word of the day. And not too long ago, the word of the day was lacrimose. Lacrimose, uh, L-A-C-H-R-Y-M-O-S-E. Suggestive of or tending to cause tears. Mournful, given to weeping, tearful, mournful or sad. It's showing sorrow, uh, synonymous with dolorous, uh, dolorous, aus, weeping, tearful. You know, and ladies and gentlemen, in 30 years of working with people at the deep structural level, and you're going to likeitmatters.net to read about my 30 years of experience of helping people move through fear, move through pain, move through doubt. One thing I realize, is it's a typical human being thing. I call it HR 101, hurting people hurt people. And a lot of what drives hurt is this thing called fear. Fear. Even the book of Proverbs talks about it. It says, even in laughter, the heart is sorrowful. When you get beyond the surface with most people and you dig deep, you'll find out there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of fear. It's part of life. Uh, In the Christian world, it's called sanctification. Life is not fair. Life is hard. Read the good book. And it'll tell you those two things. That's why as a leader, uh, we need to know that there are times that we're going to be knocked on our butt. And there are times that we're going to be out of our comfort zone. And there are times that we're going to feel things that cause us to shut down. And we're going to have to get out of the pasture seat and get into the driver's seat. Since we're speaking about Proverbs, one of my favorite Proverbs is Proverbs 24, 16. For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again, but the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. The way I know it in my version is the righteous will stumble seven times but get back up, but the wicked will stumble into ruin. And that's where life's a series of decisions. Life's a series of decisions, and our choices don't just affect us, but they affect other people. Remember, leadership is a loop. You got to flex your pecs, leaders. It's permission, it's example, and it's culture. We give people permission through our actions. We become an example. People don't need another sermon, 
they need an example. So Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. He's saying, listen, I am your example. Do what I do. Why does it matter? Because a picture's worth a thousand words. And the typical human being speaks about 120 to 150 words per minute. Uh, I, myself, can get to 180. If you've listened to this radio show for a while, you know that. But, you know, we speak 120 to 150 words per minute, generally speaking. So think about this one picture is the equivalent of six to eight minutes of nonstop dialogue. And then the C in PECS is culture. And culture is nothing more than acceptable behaviors, patterns of behaviors. Uh, It's like a business culture is the way we treat our clients. Business culture is the rules of engagement, if you will. And that's what culture is. And what's different about America today than in the 80s, what's different about America today than the one that was founded and that we used to consider a great country is what we believe as individuals and culturally. And why does it matter that we need to put this fear thing to rest? Why does it matter that it's okay to have fear but not let it control you? Why should we feel the fear and do it anyways? Because other people are watching. That's what leadership is. It's a loop. Permission. Example. Culture. I remember over the summer, you know, we're watching all these riots by Black Lives Matters, all the destruction, billions of dollars of damage they did, and the people they killed, and cops they attacked, and cities they burned down, and businesses they burned down, all that. I remember seeing a, one time it was a Black Lives Matter uh, riot, they called them rallies, but riot, uh, and there was police along the sideline just keeping them from doing too much damage, but basically allowing them to do whatever they wanted to, because that's how you treat the liberal left. And there was a little girl, she's a little black girl, and uh, I remember the video was of her going up to a black cop, I'm pretty sure the cop was black, and asked him if if the cop's going to kill her. So she's been programmed to believe that cops are going to kill you if you're black, that you're going to be hunted down. Just like uh, before the election, my little son, Benaya, who's six years old now, came up to me and said, Joe Biden's bad. Joe Biden wants to destroy America. Joe Biden and the Democrats don't like America. And I chuckled a little bit, and my chuckling became a little more uncomfortable as I realized what just happened. Because where do you think my son got that from? Where do you think my son heard that from? Right, from me. See, children learn from what they see. See, when you thought I wasn't looking, I saw you hang my first painting on the refrigerator, and I immediately wanted to paint another one. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw you feed a stray cat, and I learned that it was good to be kind to animals. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw you make my favorite cake for me, and I learned that the little things can be special things in life. When you thought I wasn't looking, I heard you say a prayer. And I knew that there's a God, and I could always talk to and learn to trust in Him. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw you make a meal and take it to a friend who was sick, and I learned that we all have to help take care of each other. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw you give of your time and money to help people who had nothing, and I learned that those who have something should give to those who don't. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw you take care of our house and everyone in it, and I learned we have to take care of what we are given. 
when you thought I wasn't looking, I saw how you handled your responsibilities, even when you didn't feel good. And I learned that I would have to be responsible when I grow up. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw tears come from your eyes. And I learned that sometimes things hurt and that it's okay to cry. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw that you cared and I wanted to be everything that I could be. When you thought I wasn't looking, I learned most of life's lessons that I need to know to be a good and productive person when I grow up. I just want you to know, as I look at you, I want to say thanks for all the things I saw when you thought I wasn't looking. See, ladies and gentlemen, that's our responsibility. For those of us who are blessed enough to have children, they are like us. They want to be like us. Have you ever had a child walk in your shoes? It's the ultimate compliment. They're saying, I want to be like you, Daddy. I want to be like you, Mommy. And they will match a model. They will become just like you unless you're so uh, uh, painful to them, unless you've done so much damage. And then what they will do is they will do everything in their power to be the opposite of you. They will do everything in their power to be unlike you. But even at the unconscious level, I've seen it so often. I have people in my class, and you go to likeitmatters.net to read about the transformational work I do. But I'll have people in my past, uh, in class, that from their past have unconscious trauma, have unconscious drama that's associated to that parent. And all their life in their head, they said, I don't want to be like my dad. I don't want to be like my mom. I don't want to be like my dad. And they wind up becoming just like their parent. Why? Because you have a stem in your unconscious brain called the reticular activating system. And it does not pick up the word don't. It's kind of like backing up a truck in a room and you don't want to hit that table. You must keep your eyes on that table at all times. So I am Mr. Black. Today we're talking about the power of fear. And we'd like you to like us on Facebook. We post information on the show daily about guests and what I will be talking about. That's facebook.com slash LIM radio. We'll be right back. Here's a real student testimonial from Like It Matters Leadership Awakening Training. The way we met Scott was through an answered prayer. We had a, uh, a business associate who recommended a leadership training process. Initially, you know, I had been through uh, just a series of all kinds of leadership training and felt like I had been trained as much as I possibly could. You know, we went and went hesitantly. But the one thing, it would have to be consistent with my faith. And uh, it was your awakening class. And uh, that class was absolutely not only uh, the the answer to prayers, uh, business, but personally. It gave us the tools and it gave us the foundation to be able to really formalize and verbalize our values. Leadership Awakening is coming to a location near you. Details at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am Mr. Black. And today we're talking about fear and as a society, how we've been conditioned by fear. You know, the good book says almost 400 times, 
over 365 times, I believe it's correct, to not fear, to not worry. You know why? Parents, why do you tell your children something over and over and over? Might I suggest it is because it's really important. And so for Abba Daddy in the book, for him to have to tell us every single day for of every single year to not fear, to not worry, there must be a reason. Not only does he realize how important that is, but might I suggest that he knows us. He knows our frame. He knows our strengths and weaknesses. He knows our proclivities. He knows our patterns. That's the whole purpose of the Shema. If you read Deuteronomy 6, I think it's 4 through 9. He says to remind your children all the time, all the things I did for you to get you out of the land of Egypt. Remind them on the way to dinner. Remind them on the way home. Remind them at bedtime. Remind them in the morning. As a matter of fact, he says, keep it in front of your eyes. Keep it on tablets. Because we have to be reminded to do not fear. And fear is huge. And we were given fear for a reason. Fear, so that if we're walking down a dark alley and someone jumps out and attempts to hurt us or our family, we have a natural fear response. And one of my favorite books, because again, this this whole purpose of this radio show is to, to fight the battle between the stimulus and the response. The, battle is the, the battlefield is the mind. And Dr. Viktor Frankl, in his study of logotherapy, or his basically creation of logotherapy, has one of my favorite quotes. He says, between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. And in that space is our power. It is our freedom. And that's what you get by listening to this show every week. You get real science. Not the, the less version of science, but real science. You know, my, my master's in neuro-linguistic programming, which is usually what I believe is the owner's manual to the human experience. But also transactional analysis, Dr. Eric Burns' work. Uh, multiple intelligences, uh, the work with Dr. Howard Gardner at Harvard, logotherapy with Dr. Viktor Frankl, canine, constant never-ending improvement, Dr. W. Edwards Deming, emotional intelligence with Dr. Dan Goldman, cognitive behavioral therapy, truth therapy, if you will. And also, I wrap it up in the Word of God, because first and foremost, I'm a child of God, and I eat scripture. And I reference a lot of material so you can support yourself. See, we got to have a reason for what we believe. You don't need to believe like I believe, but you should have logical, explanatory reasons for why you believe what you believe. The good book tells us that. Have a reason for the hope that you have so you can explain it to people. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So one of my favorite books is a book called Mozart's Brain and the Fighter Pilot by Dr. Richard Restack. And that's where he says that basically uh, we have unlimited plasticity in our brain. Every other organ in our body wears out, but our brain has unlimited potential. And in that book, he references some of the work uh, by Joseph Ledoux. And Joseph Ledoux is a brain researcher. And Ledoux's quote, I love this quote, fear occurs before you know what you're afraid of. Stunning. And in the book, Dr. Restack gives an example of a laboratory study. He said, if a cat in a cage is exposed to a sound, the animal initially orients itself toward and pays attention to the sound. But after a few repetitions, the rat ignores it. 
However, the animal will respond once again if the sound is paired with an electrical shock. Uh, in psychology, I would call that an anchor, where we take two things and we tie them together. So eventually, when one is presented, the other one comes with it. And so he goes on to say, after a few repetitions of this pairing of sound and shock, the rat begins to display signs of fear whenever it hears the sound alone. It stops what it's doing, and it freezes in place. You see, the animal's only detectable movement consists of the rhythmic chest excursions that accompany breathing. In addition, the rat's fur stands on end, its blood pressure and heart rate increases, and stress hormones pour into its bloodstream. And by the way, this is the normal chemical reaction of the body based on feelings. In a word, the rat is now, quote, conditioned, so that the sound, when presented alone, will elicit the fear response. This response is not different than what occurs when the rat encounters its natural enemy, the cat. He goes on to say, we humans can be fear conditioned too. And really, that's what the media now has become. Whether you're a Republican or Democrat, whether you like Trump or Biden, whether you hate Trump or Biden, you got to realize that we are programmed creatures. Every single one of us is programmed. Matter of fact, uh, it is said that by the time a child is six years old, and Dr. Adler said this, by the time a child is six years old, a majority of their map of reality is in place. See, our map of reality is the construct of belief systems that we have that basically explain the world to us. And we are little meaning makers. That's what the study of logotherapy is. Man's will to meaning. That's why little kids all the time is asking, why, Daddy? Why, Daddy? Why does he do that? Why did she say that? Because we're working to construct a, a map of reality. And here's what you got to realize, that no one responds to reality. What responds to is our map of reality. But the study of transactional analysis, Dr. Eric Burns' work, and by the way, his seminal book in the late 60s was The Games People Play, still as valid today as it was 60 years ago. He identifies 140-some psychological games that everybody's playing, and everybody's keeping score, but nobody's winning anything. And so what happens is we get programmed, and our structure of our beliefs is the underlying program that's at the unconscious level. And then we act as if. See, what happens is when someone says something or does something, we don't respond to that. Here's what happens. Our mind is six times faster than we can talk. That's why when God tells us to hold our tongue, we can because God made your mind six times faster than you can talk. And so what happens is when someone does something or says something, there's a stimulus, we go to what we know. We go to our three channels. That's how we learn. We have our visual channel, our auditory channel, and our kinesthetic channel. In other words, we see something, usually from our past. We say something or remember something auditorily, usually from our past, and or we feel something, and again, usually from our past, and then based on that, we respond. You see, we really don't respond to what the other person is saying or doing. What we're responding to is our narrative. And there's a, there's a proverb in the Bible that says the dog returns to his vomit, and a sow after cleaning herself returns to the mire. Actually, it's in Second Peter, I think it's 2.22. Why? Because we go to what we know. The proverb that I like to reference is you can tell a man's religion in time of despair. And so that's why we're talking about fear today on Like It Matters Radio. 
Because fear is a liar. It'll rob you. It will steal from you. And your body releases 63 known chemicals, and these chemicals make you feel. And the number one main culprit of what chemicals your body releases is what you're thinking about. So I am Mr. Black. Today you are under construction on Like It Matters Radio, and we'll be right back. We are all in the construction business, constructing memories, relationships, new ideas, and a legacy that will outlive us. Life is best imagined as a construction project. Hey, can we get that backhoe over here? At Like It Matters, we craft tools and teach you how to use them. Mr. Black has a bevy of tools to help you build your life into your dream. One of those tools is individual life counseling. The best analogy is a life caddy, because sometimes you just need another set of eyes. A second tool, books by Mr. Black, always opening up your mind. Third, workshops, where we teach people how they work and how to function at a higher level. Nice job. That's it for today. Wrap it up. Contact Mr. Black at mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Building a better you today. Likeitmatters.net. Helping people live their lives like they matter. That's mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am Mr. Black. And please, make sure whatever radio station you're listening to this on right now, make sure you let your radio station know that you love Like It Matters Radio. Call them up, email them, and say, man, you should play more of this stuff. I've been on the radio for five years. We're now working our path to syndication, so we're opening new uh, new audiences, new markets all over the country. So I'd love to hear from you as well. Uh, email me at mrblack at likeitmattersradio.com. That's M-R-B-L-A-C-K at likeitmattersradio.com. And please like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash L-I-M radio. Uh, and go to YouTube as well. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're putting these radio shows on uh, YouTube. And once we get 100 subscribers, then we'll have our own URL. And I've been doing this radio show for five years. So you can actually go to likeitmattersradio.com, likeitmattersradio.com. And you could right there uh, listen to many archive messages that I've done over the last five years. And today we're talking about fear and the programming of fear. We live in a society at a time where we are no different, let's be honest, in America now than North Korea, uh, China, Russia. Uh, we have basically the government run by the Democratic Party. Uh, the media is part of the Democratic Party. Uh, there's now censorship. Uh, they protect the Democratic Party, and uh, everything the Democratic Party does is good, uh, and anything the Democratic Party doesn't do is bad. And whether you like Joe Biden or not, the reality is Joe Biden's running mate was not Kamala Harris. Joe Biden's running mate was COVID-19, was coronavirus. The media had to make you think that we're all going to die. Listen, I know there's a bug. I know there's a pandemic. However, the canary in the minefield for me is why aren't our cities lined with dead homeless people? Homeless people don't socially distance. Homeless people don't wear masks. Homeless people don't wash their hands 20 times a day or even wash their hands after they urinate or defecate. And then why aren't our streets, our big cities where homeless is out of control? Why aren't they littered with dead people everywhere? 
Why aren't 50,000 plus people dying from the flu this year like they do every year? In a bad year, that number could approach close to 100,000. What happened to the flu? That's every year since for eternity. We've lost people from the flu, but now we're not this year. You see, there's something else going on. Remember the motto, never let a crisis go to waste, right? Never. Look up the Cloward-Pivens rule. Uh, look up uh, Saul Alinsky's rules for radical. Study Joseph Goebbels, uh, the Nazi propaganda minister. He said he is, without a doubt, could make any nation, any group of people believe that a circle is a square with enough repetition in the use of the media. So uh, for you to pretend like you're not being played player, you're wrong. You know, we only use 3 to 5% of our brain consciously. We're using all of it all the time, but the rest of it is at the unconscious level. And so there are, uh, there are rules for the unconscious brain. And we get programmed. Every one of us is programmed. And I always like to tell people, everybody's working perfectly. Now, some of you just heard me say you were perfect. I didn't say that at all. Quit making up stuff I didn't say. I said we're all working perfectly. In other words, we are getting exactly the results we have programmed ourselves to get. And so if you don't like the results, change the approach. As you change the approach, you change the results. The flip side of that is Einstein's definition of insanity, right? Einstein said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. That's just crazy. And I like to use Einstein's definition of education. Remember, three outcomes for this radio show, inspiration, education, and application. We want to inspire you because we need hope. The number one commodity of a leader is hope. Uh, and then we want to give you something to do today and that will make today better than yesterday. That's what application is. But education, that's interesting because Einstein said education to him is not the learning of mere facts and figures, but it is the training of the mind to think. And that's why I spend an hour a day. That's why I give you, as Paul Harvey would say, the rest of of the story. I let you know what's going on at the unconscious level because you're being played player. You're being manipulated. I'm just being honest with you. Madison Avenue knows how your unconscious mind works. Read the book, The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. It goes into how, how advertisers manipulate you at the unconscious level. They put things in products that don't have any value because you think that that thing brings it value. And they, get, they use this information to get you to buy stuff you don't need with money you don't have to keep up with people you don't even like. Politics knows how to do this. Why do you think every two years there's a war on women, the Democrats say? Why do you think every two years uh, your abortions are going to be taken away from you? Because that's the most important thing to a woman today. If that doesn't tell you what's wrong with this world. The woman's right to kill that child inside of her. She was just having sex. What's this baby doing here? So whether you like it or not, we're being manipulated. And you've got to be aware of it. You've got to be aware of what's going on at the unconscious level. Because other people are playing you, player. That's what Joseph Goebbels learned. That's how he could take an entire group of people to slaughter, an entire country to slaughter tens of millions of people. And remember, before they started rounding up the Jews, before they put them in concentration camps to kill them, first they were attacking them. They were talking about how they were a threat to the country, how all the problems were their fault. Kind of sounds like Trump supporters' day. Kind of sounds like conservatives' day. 
people who actually believe and follow the Bible, not just go to church on Sunday. Sounds like today they're the enemy, just like Germany before the roundups, before the slaughtering of the millions of Jews. They started telling their people that they were the enemy. They were against Germany. They were the cause of all the problems. If we could just get rid of the Jews, then everything else would be okay. But today, replace the word Jew with Trump supporter. Replace the word Jew with conservative. Replace the word Jew with Bible-believing Christians. And the same exact things are being said. From that book that I referenced earlier, Mozart's Brain and the Fighter Pilot, Dr. Richard Restack says this, many of us experience physical and psychological responses to the thoughts, words, and behaviors of others. See, not just our own, but we get programmed by others. He goes on to say, at a physical level, these responses are linked with chemical alterations no less powerful than those initiated by a drug. He uses as an example a PET scan, positron emission topography. It's kind of like an active MRI where an MRI shows form, a PET shows form and function. And these reveal that thinking sad versus happy thoughts can change brain chemistry. And thinking angry thoughts can bring on physical symptoms as illustrated in his patients. Along the same lines, if you believe strongly enough, see the power of our beliefs, if you believe strongly enough that a pill will help relieve certain of your uncomfortable symptoms when you're ill, your belief alone will alter the brain chemistry. If you study Dr. Susan, uh, not Susan Jeffers, Caroline Leaf, uh, epigenetics, and again, Dr. Bruce Lipton, the book is Biology of Belief, really powerful about epigenetics, about how our beliefs, how our words can basically turn on and turn off certain genes. And he goes on to say whether that alteration will be sufficient to cure you will depend upon the nature and seriousness of your illness. He goes on and says drugs, placebos, and miracles involve different orders of discourse, and we shouldn't confuse them. He says the brain is different from every other organ in your body. While the liver and the lungs and the kidneys will wear out after a certain number of years, the brain gets sharper the more it's used. Indeed, he says, it improves with use. Further, the functionality properties of brain cells continue to be altered throughout adult life depending on life experiences. Again, look up epigenetics and you'll see what we're talking about. And so you've got to get this thing called fear under control because it causes your body to release chemicals. And when you, the fear chemical, the worry chemical is called cortisol. And what cortisol does, it makes you pack on weight. What cortisol does, it causes inflammation. If you know anything about disease, dis-ease, inflammation is the breeding ground for all disease. If you get rid of inflammation, you get rid of the possibility. If you have a lot of acid in your body, then cancer likes acid. It's its fertile ground for it to grow and prosper. And our thoughts will dry our bones. I am Mr. Black. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. We'll be right back. This is Scott Black of Like It Matters. As many of you know, I have been helping people to be the best they were created to be. COVID-19 has accelerated changes that I have been considering for some time now. Many more people need to receive the benefits of Leadership Awakening. Mental health in our communities is a real issue. We recently received our 501c3 nonprofit status with the emphasis of creating and delivering, taking back your power and your freedom to the least among us struggling with mental health issues. 
please help us help others. You can save a marriage, save a business, or a life by supporting Like It Matters with your tax-deductible gifts. All gifts are needed, large, small, and everything in between. Please consider becoming a monthly partner at likeitmatters.net. Give today at likeitmatters.net. And by the way, Like It Matters Leadership Awakening classes will continue. Check out the schedule at likeitmatters.net as we build our training for those suffering from the challenges of poor mental health. God bless you. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am Mr. Black, and today we're talking about fear conditioning. See, ladies and gentlemen, this matters. Your time matters. This radio show matters. How you invest your time matters. What happens between the stimulus and the response in your head matters. Let's be honest. A lot of us need to self-medicate. A lot of us need to smoke something or pop something or drink something or do something to go to bed at night and to stay asleep. A lot of us self-medicate in ways because we don't like the company we keep in the privacy of our own thoughts. And I don't care if you share your bed with anybody. We all have to sleep with ourselves. And so what I do is I deal with what happens between the stimulus and the response. The battle is in the mind. And if you're not aware of the battle, then you're losing the battle. And these, think about this. 50 million Americans were struggling with depression before the pandemic. And now the numbers are going through the roof. I mean, spousal abuse, child abuse, uh, partner abuse, uh, drug addictions, alcoholism, all going through the roof. As we're, you know, quarantining and changing everything we do, all so we can have a few extra breaths on this planet, we're destroying things. How many business owners like me are losing a business they've had for 30 years and never will be able to replace? How many millions of people are a couple months behind on their house payment and are going to lose a house that they'll never be able to replace? I don't know about you, but there's a lot things worse than death. Matter of fact, in, in the book of Revelation, it talks about that. I think that there's going to come a time when people will beg to die during the Great Tribulation, but they will not be able to. And so why do I bring this up? Because I saw this article, winner of Food Network show charged with child abuse murder of white three-year-old foster child. Quote, she criticized white privilege on social media. Police allege that Ariel Robinson, 29, and her husband, Jerry Robinson, 34, inflicted a series of blunt force injuries on their adopted child, Victoria Rose Smith. Parents called 911 on January 15th to report that the child was unresponsive. When medical professionals arrived, they immediately suspected child abuse. Smith was taken to a hospital where she was pronounced dead. Two were charged with homicide by child abuse. Ariel Robinson is best known for winning season 20 of the Food Network show Worst Cooks in America in August 2020. Uh, The network, by the way, deleted the season that she won after they saw that she was charged with this. Of course, she's black and she's loud and she's vocal and she's Black Lives Matter and she's preaching the white privilege. And so the world loves her right now, loves her right now. But among her social media posts were entries decrying white privilege while talking about her three adopted children. She adopted three white children. She has black children as well. So she's paid. She adopts these kids, and then she beats them. So she gets justice. She gets retribution, restitution. 
She said, quote, in my house, my black children get treated the same way as my white children, those poor black children, and my white children get treated the same way as my black children. It's a shame that when they go out into the real world, that won't be the case, she tweeted on January 6th, adding hashtags for white privilege and Black Lives Matter. So she was going to get justice. And so she beat this little three-year-old girl to death. Going to show her that she, that little white woman doesn't have any special privileges. I mean, this is what we're doing. This is the world we're creating with all this fear, with all this hatred. See, in transactional analysis, there's a term called scripts. Scripts. And these scripts dictate everything. They're basically stories like all this Black Lives Matter story about uh, white people hate black people and cops are, wake up every day, leave their meetings, and then go hunt black people. I, I Unfortunately, I have Spectrum, and their news is so liberal. I was watching, a, I was flipping channels. I couldn't flip it quick enough. They were interviewing this young black kid about 18 years old and talking about this app that allows his mom to track him wherever he's going. And he says, oh, she needs this uh, so she doesn't panic, so she doesn't freak out. Uh, she goes, because as a black person, you know, I'm scared to death that when I see a cop anywhere around, I have to pull over. I'm ready to pass out. I get so freaked out because, uh, you know, my life's on the line. They're going to kill me. I'm like, wow. All that program fear in animosity is lies. And in transactional analysis, we call them scripts. You see, as humans, we create stories to help make sense of the world. Stories run through time like our lives. We put ourselves in the place of the protagonist uh, or uh, other players feeling what it might be like. And the greatest story for each of us is the story of our lives. We constantly retell ourselves about what has happened to us, replaying the internal video and attributing good and bad roles to the various players in our lives. We also project in the future wondering what might be. And underneath all this, often unrealized, is the great story or that we made up long ago or that was made up for us. These, quote, life scripts shape our thoughts and actions and the stories we tell ourselves. If my life script does not contain being a doctor, then I'll never wonder what such a career or wish uh, I could be because if, if I had one because I didn't have that. If I have thought of myself as inferior, then my life script will position me as such. If I've been told that I'm in fear, that white people hate me, then that's what I'm going to believe. If I've been told all my life that black people or black people are being hunted by cops, then that's the story I will believe. No one responds to reality. We respond to our map of reality. Life scripts are defined within the field of transactional analysis. And as such, are often viewed with the frame of the parent, adult, child model. And by the way, scripts come from many things, modeling, you know, visible ways uh, adults and peers behave, attributions, being told you're just like that, you're just like your father, you're just like this, whatever it is, suggestions, you know, hints and encouragement, such as always do your best, never talk to strangers, and then injunctions, demands to do or not to do things. That's why I'm talking about the programming. You know, we've been told all life, don't this, don't be this, don't be close, don't be separate from me, don't be you, don't be the sex you are, don't be a child, don't grow up, don't talk to me that way, don't succeed, don't be important, don't need, don't want, don't, right? And these create mental constraints. They create limits on the child's life. And the parents can also give counter-injunction permission that allow and may replace the don'ts with do's. Either way, these lead to the child making script decisions. And we respond. We create BS. 
And then what happens as we get older, they become blocks to leadership. In my leadership training that you can read about at likeitmatters.net, I deal with this. And in that class, at the, about three quarters of the way through, I list out what I call the 20 most common blocks to leadership. Fear of risking, lack of commitment, rescuer, victim, indecisiveness, low expectation of others, fear of failure, closed-minded, critical, lack of focus, wanting to be liked, low self-worth, low self-esteem, focusing on problems, controlling versus empowering, having to work hard, having to be perfect, fear of rejection, fear of embarrassment, lack of purpose. Those are the 20 most common blocks to leadership. And you know, majority of those you can put in a category called fear. And while we're talking about transactional analysis, you should look up something called the drama triangle. The drama triangle. It's about 45 pages little booklet. Uh, the gentleman who came up with the concept is called Stephen Cartman with a K. Stephen Cartman. And it's an inverted pyramid. And it has three roles on the pyramid. Um, a triangle, I should say. It's an inverted triangle, not a pyramid. Inverted triangle. And it has three roles. The victim, the persecutor, and the rescuer. And they're all driven by that mode called the victim. See, ladies and gentlemen, we can't control everything. We can't control what happens to us, but we can control what happens in us. We can't control who's racist or who's not, who's hateful or who's not, who's lying or who's telling the truth. We can't control any of that. We can control, though, what we do in our head and our heart, and that's your responsibility. It's Mother Teresa's saying, anyways, People are often unreasonable, irrational, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you're kind, people may accuse you of selfish, ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you're successful, you will win some faithful friends, unfaithful friends, and some genuine enemies. Succeed anyway. If you're honest and sincere, people may deceive you. Be honest and sincere anyway. What you spend years creating, others could destroy overnight. Create anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, some may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today will often be forgotten. Do good anyway. Give the best you have, and it will never be enough. Give your best anyways. In the final analysis, is between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. And that's why for an hour a week, log in right here. And tell your radio station you need more Like It Matters Radio. You are under construction on the Like It Matters Radio Network. I am Mr. Black, helping you become more hopeful about your future, reminding you when you live your life like it matters. It does. You've been listening to Like It Matters Radio with Scott Black, your source for inspiration, education, and application. Learn more and register for an upcoming class at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net.